Hey, what's up, guys? Jake Steele, Iron and Steel. This is podcast episode number 20. And uh, shit, thank every one of you mofos for being here. As always, it is very much appreciated. And on that subject, thank you to everybody that reaches out to me every week. I get just an overwhelming amount of messages from people who are apparently listening to this podcast and allegedly uh, enjoying it. Uh, enough so that they're taking the time out of their out of their day to let me know that. So, uh, and the website as well. I get messages occasionally. Apparently, there are people who still read, uh, know how to read, and are actively reading things, which is shocking but uh yeah so thank you to everybody that reaches out whether it's the podcast or the website um to let me know that they enjoy it if you could on that subject just if you're taking the time out of your day to let me know don't just tell me tell your friends family coworkers, whatever uh, if you can do that i would love it uh share the links share the podcast share the website ironandsteel.com on that subject while you're there checking stuff out, scroll to the bottom of the page, hit the subscribe button, punch in your email. It takes two seconds. Um, you know, you're going to be on an email list. Yes, I'm going to send you one, maybe two emails a week. And the whole purpose of those emails uh, is just to let you know when there's new content. So, of course, we do this weekly podcast. Um, most often I do a, an article a week on the site. Uh, if I'm being a slack-ass bitch, sometimes it is one article every two weeks or whatever. But most often there's a new article um, every week. And I've been trying to get people involved with that, writing articles where um, the people that read them or listen to this podcast can get involved by sending in you know, photos of their stuff to be included in the article and things like that. So I've been trying to do kind of some more fun shit like that to kind of get people involved. So it's been going very well so far people seem to really enjoy uh that type of article so we'll be definitely doing more of that in the future so but again ironandsteel.com while you're there hit the subscribe button takes you two fucking seconds no big deal you know uh if you don't whatever fuck off uh so this week uh i'm gonna read you an article it's called better lucky than good it is about uh, my 32 ford 3 window coupe and the article is about the process of uh, buying it, how it came about, and the process of buying it. So what prompted that was uh, I just spent the last two days working with my buddy Daryl Schroeder, who owns uh, Schroeder Speed and Custom. Uh, he was nice enough to lend me his shop and his brain uh, for the weekend. And uh, over the course of a couple 14-hour days or so, um, we got all the foundational stuff uh, squared away on that car. So before I just had it kind of, you know, mocked up, body sitting on the frame and a bunch of questions about how I was going to get some of this stuff done because uh, the car has some challenges because the frame is swept, it sits so low, I'm really specific about the stance and things like that. So there were a lot of questions that I had about the steering, uh, the suspension, the front end, uh, shit like that, that... I didn't know the answers to and uh, Daryl was uh, nice enough to uh, help me through that process so long story short um, I'm gonna read you the Genesis story of how that car came to be and uh, yeah so and really now I've got a pretty big jump start on that car I'm gonna go pick it up tonight bring it back to uh, Robbie's shop and then uh, or my garage I'm not quite sure He's probably already 
Robbie's probably already put a car back in the spot where mine was since he has fucking 35 or 40 cars. But uh, one way or the other, I'm going to go grab that car and uh, now I can just do all the button up stuff to it. So, um, you know, plumbing and wiring and, you know, all the small things that make a car a car. But uh, all the foundation is laid and uh, it's a rolling steering car. So uh, I was excited about that. And that's what prompted this uh, this story for this week. So, again, it's called Better Lucky Than Good. It is on ironandsteel.com. You can go there and check it out for yourself. Uh, I'll read you the story, but it's worth going to the site so you can see the photos uh, of the day that I got it. Uh, they're pretty interesting. The story's pretty cool. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, everybody's kind of hot rodder's dream, the 32-3 window that was in the barn bullshit. So that's what this car is. That's kind of what the story's about. And uh, you can check it out for yourself if you so choose. Otherwise, kick back and relax, and uh, I'll tell you just how it went down. By the time the text came through from Travis, my sweaty palms had been relentlessly clenching my phone for four and a half hours. Those 270 minutes were absolutely gut-wrenching. And when my phone buzzed, I thought for sure it would be the reply that I was anxiously waiting for. Instead, it was Travis, and coincidentally, he was sending me a link to a Craigslist ad. Great, I thought. Word is getting out, and people are seeing it. I simply replied politely and winced as my stomach churned. As hour after hour ticked by, I began to lose hope. After all, by the time I had seen it earlier that morning, the ad had already been floating around cyberspace for a little bit. Not a long time, but long enough. Surely it was gone by now. Some lucky son of a bitch had already loaded it up and hauled it home. I was sure of it. My deflation was interrupted by fleeting moments of hope. After all, it was a really poor ad. It lacked detail, there was a misprint in the heading title that made it sort of unclear about what was being advertised in the first place, and on top of that, there was just one small, very poor quality photo. All in all, it was a very underwhelming ad, and I was still holding out hope that maybe nobody had paid any particular attention to it. After all, I had only found it by pure chance. Luck guess you could say. But still, I had not gotten a reply. As the sun went down, I had all but given up hope and was taking a drive along the Columbia River to clear my head. The sun was just disappearing by this point. This onset of darkness brought with it a sense of closure to a long and disappointing day. One spent feverishly checking my phone every couple of minutes to make sure that I hadn't somehow missed the call. But just as I was accepting my fate, there was a buzz in my pocket. Then another. I realized it wasn't a text, it was a call. So I anxiously pulled my phone out as fast as I possibly could. I didn't recognize the number. I hit the button. Hello? 
I said with equal parts skepticism and hope. The man on the other end said, Yeah, hey, this is Wayne. Uh, you emailed me this morning about my 32 Ford Coupe. Anyway, sorry it took me so long to get back to you. It's been a really busy day. I picked my jaw up off the floorboard of my truck, swallowed the lump in my throat, and said, Oh, yeah. Sure, hey, that's right. I did email you. I forgot all about that. Hey, thanks for the call back. (laughs) Yeah. So Wayne seemed like a pretty nice guy. I could tell by the way the conversation was going and by the way he was talking about the car that he had likely spent the last couple of hours responding to emails and answering questions about the car, probably the same questions over and over and over. He was polite, but he wanted to get the logistics out of the way right away. He wanted to check me off the list if I wasn't going to be the guy. So the facts were, it was a 32 Ford three window coupe, mostly complete. The body was in good condition, but it was a part and it was a big project. Okay, I said, trying to slow him down. Look, I'm not going to waste your time with a whole bunch of questions. I'd just like to come see it. I can be there anytime you want me to be tomorrow. There was a pause on the other end. Then a sort of approving, oh, okay, well, good. So I started to ask him about what might be the best time for me to come by, and he quickly interrupted me. He said, no, wait, no, no. (laughs) Tomorrow won't do. Tomorrow's Father's Day. Now, he said it in such a way that he was either appalled that I would suggest such a thing or that I must have just forgotten altogether about this holiday that was just a few hours away. I chose to latch on to the second scenario and thanked him for reminding me. I said, oh, of course, that's right. I hoped he couldn't sense my eyes rolling on the other end of the phone, but we made arrangements for Monday. Sure thing, Wayne told me. I'll call you first thing Monday then, and uh, we'll get it figured out. Good. So naturally, the next day was the absolute longest Father's Day in history. I called my dad, I did the dance, made small talk, all that shit. I didn't say anything about the car that I was going to look at the next day. In fact, I didn't really tell anybody about it. The only person that really knew was Travis, who... I sent a follow-up text to you that read, Good news, going in Monday, he's letting me in first, which was my impression. I was up long before the sun on Monday. By the time Wayne called around 9 a.m., I was on what was probably my fifth or sixth cup of coffee and was likely shaking like Michael J. Fox. Hey Jake, this is Wayne with the 32. Yeah, hey, uh, there's a guy here from Seattle. He drove all the way down here with a truck and a trailer. He's here to look at it. So, hey, anyway, if he doesn't buy it, I'll be sure to give you a call. What the actual fuck was this fucking guy talking about? I was 100% certain from our conversation Saturday evening that we had a clear understanding that I was the guy the guy going in first. Well, 
Apparently the plan had changed somewhere along the way, and here I was in a position to either fold up like a cheap tent or handle it like a seasoned pro. So I did the only thing I could. I mustered up the least disappointed sounding tone I could find and pretended that I hadn't just spent the last 48 hours building that stupid fucking car over and over again in my head that I hadn't been drooling over photos of my friend Mike Thompson's 32 coupe, which I had just written a story about for uh, Hop Up Magazine at the time. I put all that aside and I told him that I'd be around all day and just let me know. So I hung up the phone and I was certain I would not be getting that car. I grabbed another cup of coffee and set out to distract myself with some work. The hours ticked by, and then a funny thing happened around noon. Wayne called. Yeah, Jake? Hey, this is Wayne. Yeah, with the 32. Hey, you're in luck. That Seattle guy didn't buy it. You want to come over? Yeah. As a matter of fucking fact, I do. It was an hour's drive to Wayne's. Most of that time was spent going over the possible reasons as to why this other guy had passed on the car. Especially after driving almost four hours to see it, towing a trailer. This thing must be a real piece of shit, I said to myself. But, then again, I'd seen stranger things happen than some guy driving a long distance just to kick some tires and drive home empty-handed. Maybe the car was nice, and the guy was just really picky. After all, everyone has a sort of different opinion about what nice really is. So I pulled up to Wayne's. It's a normal-looking house in a normal neighborhood. There's a Mustang and a, some sort of Subaru SUV in the driveway. It didn't exactly look like the kind of place a hot rodder's wet dream would be hiding, but... As I got out of my truck and made my way toward the open garage door, there it sat. It was sitting on a pallet, covered in dust. The fenders and running boards were piled on top of it. The grill sat in the floor of the trunk, and it wore the same thick dust and grime that had spent decades falling from the rafters of some musty old barn. Now, in contrast, the garage itself was clean and typical. A little craftsman's toolbox, a pegboard wall with your usual hand tools hanging from it, a stupid fucking clock with a saw and a hammer for the hands, some C-clamps, and a workbench covered in stuff. Just your sort of old man who tinkers on things garage. But then very much out of place, the body of one of the coolest cars ever made, this dirty old 32 coupe. So Wayne introduced himself, and he sized me up right away. Clearly, this was a guy who had already had his fill when it came to dealing with people on this fucking car. He was an older gentleman, in his late 60s or early 70s, and, uh, he was hiding his surprise about how much younger I was pretty well, but I could tell he was expecting someone of retirement age to be ringing his doorbell. Not mid-30s me, well, at the time. 
I, on the other hand, did know who I was dealing with ahead of time, and I had come prepared in a clean pair of jeans, you know, fairly nice boots, a long sleeve shirt, button up. I wanted to hide the fact that I was covered in tattoos. The point is, sometimes you have to play to your audience, and this was a lesson that I had learned the hard way. I've been run off more than once. Sometimes all it took was a glimpse from some old fucker to decide that I was just some miserable puke and I should get the fuck off of his lawn before they call the police. Now though, I dress nicely when I go to look at a car. Now I don't even give him the chance. I always start by making small talk with these guys. I never go to the car and start knocking on panels and picking it apart. Some people try to take complete control of the situation and act like some hard ass right out of the chute. But that doesn't play well with these old guys. Instead, I ask questions about them. I build some trust. I chat them up. Most of these guys are just begging for someone to listen. They want to tell their stories and have somebody tell them how neat that is. They want somebody to agree with them. They want to be heard. That's what I did with Wayne. I listened and I agreed. But it wasn't all for show. I do enjoy listening to these stories and usually I will take something away with me from them. Some sort of knowledge that I hadn't had before. It's always, always worth it. And after 25 minutes or so, I finally turned my attention to the coop and began asking questions. I should mention too that the entire time I was there, Wayne's phone was absolutely ringing non-stop. It was a cycle. It would ring, he would say, hello? Yeah, hi. Uh, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's a guy here right now looking at it. Okay. No, I, I know. I, okay. Look, I'll call you and let you know if he doesn't buy it. Okay. Bye now. Oh, I will. Okay, bye. This happened like every few minutes. These were the people who had apparently emailed on the car and Wayne had replied with his phone number. There were a lot of calls. Finally, he just stopped answering his phone. So I looked the car over. It was a nice body with very little rust. What rust it did have was in the rear trunk area, no big deal. The doors actually opened and closed pretty nicely. The garnish moldings were there, as were the fenders, running boards, the dash, firewall. The frame was sitting in a shed out back and it was in great shape with all of its factory cross members. The front and rear axles sat next to the frame. Absent, though, was the deck lid. Stolen, Wayne told me. He went on. There were two of these in the barn, and a guy broke in and stole a bunch of shit off of them. He got the deck lid off of this one. The barn, as Wayne went on to tell me, was apparently a large building on some land that his father had owned. His dad was an early V8 Ford club member and some sort of restoration buff who 
used his barn as a storage unit for some of his extra, extra parts and cars. Wayne told me that when his dad passed away, the family sold about 40, yes 40, antique Fords off of that property. This was the last one, Wayne told me. Dad bought this car out of central Washington in 1968 and stuck it in that barn. He never did anything with it. And that's where it sat all this time until I went and got it here recently. Well, I'm not a young man anymore and I've realized that I'll never get to it. It needs to go to someone who will do something with it. Now, as I talked to Wayne and listened to him about his life and his dad, and their collective love of early Fords, I started to feel like I knew them. I also came to the realization that I probably should take a shot at trying to buy this car. I wanted it badly, but I also had to be realistic. This thing popping up for sale was not part of the plan. And if I were to buy it, I'd be having to sell some things right away. And above all, I would have to be able to get it for a good price. Now, I don't want to go too far into details, but I will say that the advertised price was probably spot on in terms of the car's actual value. And I will say that I made an offer that was about two thirds of that, which sounds low, and it was. Keep in mind that I had now been there for a couple of hours and I had built a pretty good rapport with, with Wayne. It also helped that the first guy had apparently already worn him out. <laughs> and I knew that he would like to sell the car and just be done with it. So I put it like this. Wayne, this is a great car, don't get me wrong, but it's still a huge project. And at that price point, just a little bit more money will buy a guy a lot more car. That's kind of the tough part. I could see him sort of nodding his head in agreement. I decided to take my shot. I said, look, you seem like a real reasonable guy. So I'm just gonna tell you what I can pay. And I don't want you to take this as anything other than what it is, which is an offer. It's not an insult to you or to the car. Sound fair? Wayne agreed. I made my offer and waited for the yelling to be chased off of his property, but instead he stuck out his hand to shake mine. Yeah, is all I could get out, trying not to sound so shocked. Wayne grabbed my hand and said, I'd like to see you get it. I know that you'll do something with it. So, deal. And just like that, it was done. I looked over at this thing again, this time in disbelief that it was coming home with me. It turned out, after all the agonizing that I had done, that I was that lucky son of a bitch dragging this car home. The guy that I had been loathing all the way up until noon that day. So, there you have it. Promptness, a little patience, and a lot of absolute pure luck brought my dream hot rod project home. As for what the car will become, well, you'll have to stay tuned. I can tell you that 
I've got some pretty big ideas, and it should pan out to be a bitchin' traditional hot rod. That is, with any luck. Alright, there you have it. Better lucky than good. Ironandsteel.com is the website. You can go there and check that story out. I would encourage you to do that because I took a bunch of photos uh, of the day that I found it, bought it, and all that stuff. So, you know, it's always kind of interesting to hear the story. You're imagining this in your head, and then you can actually physically go to the site and see in front of you the the actual photos from that day and it just kind of ties everything together so i don't know i think that's interesting maybe you don't but at any rate go to the site check that story out you can see the pictures of that dusty old body sitting on a pallet basically on little roll around carts and uh, you know some detailed photos of the car just how i found it <clears throat> i think there's some photos there of excuse me of loading the loading that thing up on my trailer and dragging it home and I don't know, it's just interesting. Uh, if you like 32 Fords, it's kind of the, like I said in the story, kind of the hot rudders wet dream. You know, the fucking, it literally sat in the rafters of a barn from 68 until I bought it in you know, 2018 or 19, whenever I bought it. So uh, just an interesting story and the, the pictures are cool. So kind of a funny sidebar to that. When I first bought that car, I was, I called or text uh, my buddy Steve Gilligan and uh, I forget why I called him. Oh, I think I was like apprehensive about buying it and I wanted a second opinion. Like, I think I called him and I was like, hey, dude, am I, am I like fucking crazy for buying this or am I spot on about the price and all this stuff, which I already knew, but uh, Steve Gilligan knows 32 Fords like nobody else and uh, he's had so many of them and everything. I, I think I just wanted that like kind of the, the confirmation and affirmation you know so I called him and I was like hey this is the car and blah blah and he's like yeah it sounds that sounds great you know and so it was sort of what I needed to hear and so I buy the car and all that stuff and so later the next day or something I, I text him some photos and uh, <laughs> he calls me and he's like hey uh, I showed those pictures to my dad he remembers seeing that car up in the rafters of a barn out in blah, blah, blah. That was 1971. <laughs> I'm like, that's the car. So kind of interesting. Uh, Steve and his dad both have, uh, they just know where so many cars are. His dad's been around for a hundred years and, you know, has a photographic memory. And so he just, you know, I've heard countless stories from him where he like encounters this car 40 years later and remember seeing it in the garage and remembers everything about the guy and I don't know so it was interesting <clears throat> for some reason um, Steve's dad Paul was in that barn in like 71 or whatever he said and uh, saw that car and uh, so he got a kick out of seeing the pictures of it when I sent him to Steve but uh, it's just weird how small of a world it is and uh, in the hot rod community especially and you know it's amazing that stories like that can even happen so Anyway, uh, I forgot to mention we'll do like a little Q&A deal. I have a few questions uh, that came through. I picked a few out and uh, we'll get to that. So, oh, I didn't come prepared to answer this first question. I actually got two questions that were basically the same thing. One was, uh, the first one was, 
how many cars do you think you've owned? And the other question was essentially the same thing. Uh, rough guess of how many cars you've owned over the years, not counting buying cars back. So about three years ago, I started being really uh, specific about taking photos of every car and, and saving them. And bear in mind, most of these cars are ones that I've bought and sold and, you know, so they come and go. Uh, these aren't like cars that I've bought with the eye of, you know, or the idea of like keeping them or whatever. But uh, anyway, the point is uh, three, four years ago, I started keeping track, taking photos. Uh, the last time I looked at that album in my phone, it was 155 that I had saved photos of over the last three or four years. Um, I know for a fact there was at least that many more before I started being you know, a stickler about taking photos of them. So, uh, yeah, by the time you factor those 155 that I can remember and have pictures of, um, or that I can, you know, look at right now, I know for a fact, I can remember dozens of cars, um, that I've, you know, had in the past. So I would say probably around 300 cars when you factor those, the ones that have come and gone that I never took photos of and the cars that I have now and all that stuff. So, <clears throat> yeah, probably right around 300 cars, I would guess. And, you know, that sounds like a lot, but like like I said, these are cars that I've just bought and sold, most of them. So uh, they add up pretty quickly when you're out there actively seeking cars to buy and sell. So, yeah, about 300. Uh, I always get this question. I get this question every single week, it seems like. But uh, it says, what got you started with Hot Rods? So, um I, again, I don't really have a great answer to that. I, you know, my grandpa, my dad, all that's like, I didn't have like some cool uncle that was like into hot rods or anything. Um, I just sort of became interested in them in the late nineties or early two thousands. And, uh, at that time there was kind of a small, but really dedicated traditional hot rod and custom scene. And, uh, I just latched onto that, fell in love with it. And, uh, yeah, shit, 20 years later, it's a full-fledged obsession. So, uh, what got you started with Hot Rods? No fucking idea, but uh, I'm glad whatever it was occurred. So, uh, this question was interesting. So, uh, the serial killer tie-in. Um, it says, I really liked the new Dahmer series on Netflix. What did you think of it if you've watched it? So, I haven't watched all of it. I was at the... We are at the coast a couple of weeks ago and uh, ended up watching it somehow on Netflix or whatever. Uh, what I saw was pretty good. You know, it's it's always like this weird balance because sometimes they get really detailed about these guys' stories. And, you know, joking aside and like the, these serial killer t-shirts that I make and all this, all this shit aside, like the reality is these guys were <laughs> really fucked up. I mean... You know, these are terrible people. So I have a tough time with um, when they get really into, like I've got pretty thick skin, but you know, nothing really bothers me. But I don't like when they go into the backstories about, you know, he's a kid like torturing animals. And <laughs> I'm definitely not into that. There was <clears throat> a little bit of that in that uh, from, you know, the ones that I saw, the couple episodes that I watched, there was a little bit of that. Wasn't a big fan of that, but, uh, you know, you can kill as many motherfuckers as you want. That doesn't bother me, but I don't like people torturing animals or, you know, the sad reality too about <laughs> these guys, not to be too much of a bummer, but 
you know most of these guys were rapists too which is probably the worst <laughs> the worst thing you can possibly be and uh so you know it's a double-edged sword for me because you know it's interesting stuff but the reality is these guys were fucking awful um so yeah i don't know what rant i'm what rabbit hole i'm trying to go down but uh i i haven't watched the whole Dahmer series uh i've watched just enough to be able to participate in the uh meme quoting <laughs> that's that's about as far as i've gotten so i can still be down with the kids uh quoting the memes the the Dahmer memes so yeah so and then i got a bunch of questions about the serial killer shirts uh a lot of them were the same question i'll paraphrase everything um a few people were asking how many there was there would be in total there's going to be three uh evan danes the mega talented uh tattoo artist <clears throat> down in australia that draws all this stuff for me uh he's working on the third right now uh it is ted bundy i can tell you that much and uh it's fucking awesome and uh so that'll be the there's gonna be three total uh that'll be probably within the next month i'll have that available so I'll have all three shirts. They'll all three be uh, t-shirts and stickers. And a few people have asked if I'll offer packages, all three for a certain amount or whatever. Uh, short answer is yes, I probably will do that. And uh, I'm also planning on doing some sort of a discounted thing for people that are on my email list. So uh, just another drop in the bucket for going to the site and uh, punching in your email, hitting subscribe. So uh, yeah. So, and then there's also, uh, I'll need to restock because they're almost completely sold out, but uh, the horror film uh, t-shirt that I just put on the site uh, like a week ago, uh, there are some of those available at this moment, and uh, I'll be restocking those here in the next uh, 10 days or so. So, anyway, uh, those were kind of all the questions that I chose for this week. I'll save, there's a few that came through that I'll save for next week because we're running a little bit long, but... Uh, Again, thank you guys very much for being here. It is greatly appreciated. Go to the site, check out that story. Better lucky than good. Uh, check out the photos and all that stuff and get a feel for uh, what I was talking about in that story. I think uh, I think you'll get a kick out of it. So at any rate, uh, thank you again for being here and we'll say our goodbyes for now. I will talk to you guys again in exactly seven days. <laughs>